So you are going on a trip. And what do you do? You got a pack, right? And so you get out your luggage. And some of you may use the soft-sided luggage, and in recent years, the hard-sided luggage has become popular once again with some folks. And then there's my personal favorite, the old rolling duffel. And when you go on vacation, or you go on that trip, you just, you can't wait to get there with your luggage, right? Because it's all about the luggage, right? We just, we just love our luggage, don't we, sir? We just, we just love our luggage. And you can't wait, if you're going to the beach, you can't wait to get there and have your picture taken on the beach with your luggage, right? Yeah, yeah, there you are with the people you love most and your, your luggage, right? I mean, because that, that's what we do. Or you go into the mountains and you pack all that that mountain clothing, <laughs> you know, and, and so and you've, you get there and you're just, oh, the mountains are beautiful and you can't wait to take pictures of the mountains and your, your luggage. We don't do that, do we, church? Now, if somebody happens to catch a picture of you with your luggage, it's because you might be at the airport or something and you just might have it with you. You know, it's just, it just happened that way. It's not something you planned. But yet, when you go on a trip, do you ever not take luggage? No, you take the luggage. But the luggage isn't what's important, right? It's the contents on the inside. That's the whole reason you take the luggage. It's because of what it carries. And so, we think about that today in light of what's going on in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's begin with verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And right there, he's alluding to it, church. What's the contents in us? It's the death of Jesus. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It's a reminder that we die to what? We die to self. From 1948 to 1952... Sir Oliver Franks was the British ambassador to the United States. Now, if you know United States history, those years following World War II is when the Cold War began. It actually began in 1947. That's when relations between uh, the U.S. and Russia, for example, uh, grew cold. And so, uh, Ambassador Franks would be dealing with 
the U.S. President on one side of the Atlantic and the British Prime Minister on the other side. But he often had to get information to the folks in Britain. And so he had some choices. He could pick up a phone, but they always feared then that their phones were bugged. And so transferring sensitive information over the telephone didn't seem like a great idea. And so he had a couple of other options. He could do what a lot of diplomats did, and he could send it in a diplomatic bag. Yeah, this big bag that in bold block letters said HBM, her British Majesty's Diplomatic Service. Because, you know, nobody's going to think of looking for anything in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not about the luggage, it's about the contents. And when the contents say, hey, guess what's in here? You know, something from the Diplomatic Service. And so that's information that was so sensitive that it would be considered top secret. That kind of correspondence he would not put in the diplomatic bag. No, he would stick it in a plain old ordinary envelope and drop it in the mail. Top secret information. Stick it in an envelope, lick the stamp, well, I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. We just peel them and stick them, right? But yeah, lick the stamp, stick it on there, and drop it in the mail. And yes, if you look closely, these stamps say India, so I didn't get that one right. But I, I, I remember when I was a little kid, these old, old envelopes. And so yes, what was so valuable, he chose plain, ordinary envelopes to send it across the Atlantic. You see, church family, some scholars say that what's going on here is, is that they're actually, Paul's actually referring to clay lamps. Because some uh, translations say, we have this bright light within us. And we should if we're children of God. Children of God, children of light. But even if it's just plain old ordinary pots, to pots were a dime a dozen, even in antiquity. They had them everywhere. As is pictured here, one of these pots has a hole in it because they were easily breakable. It was easy for them to crack. It was easy for them to get a hole in them. If you dropped one, it was easy for it to become just shattered. And yet, it's in us. 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 Just ordinary, run-of-the-mill folks, right? We look around at each other this morning dutifully spaced out as we are. But we don't consider ourselves extraordinary, do we? We don't consider ourselves better. I look around this room and I don't see people that have a problem considering themselves better than other people. That's a good thing. But here we are, just ordinary people 
clay pots, right? And it's easy for us to be broken. And yet, we are the vessel that God chooses to store His treasure. What is the treasure? It's easy to say that it's us. But Paul makes it very clear the real treasure here is that Jesus, Jesus is within us. Jesus who died on the cross for us. And I appreciate Rick's comments, his meditation at the table this morning. That it's it's Jesus and Jesus crucified and then Jesus resurrected. That's the treasure. And then we get to carry that around. Because if we truly know how to die to our old self and we're living as children of light, then that light is the treasure that people see in us. That light is the treasure that people get to experience. I always liked that that verse, verse 7, that says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. It sounds kind of literary, kind of poetic. But I never really stopped long enough to think about what that treasure truly is. And some of your Bibles may have a heading for the next part that says, God of all comfort. Verse 13, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I want to read that verse again. For our light... And our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now as beautiful as that is, that's hard, isn't it, church? To fix our eyes on what is unseen. That can be a challenge for so many of us. I used to be in sales. And, uh, matter of fact, I mentioned this in a bulletin article not that long ago. About that, that I had experience selling things that were tangible. Uh, I sold manufactured homes for a while. And uh, in a manufactured home, you could walk somebody in the front door of, of the sample house 
and you could say, well, here's the floor plan, and, and you could kind of, like a realtor, will show someone a house. You could sort of just walk them through the house. And you could talk to them about what kind of cabinets they had options for and what kind of carpet they had options for. And we can do drywall on these walls instead of this stuff. And, and we, can, we can do different kind of ceilings. And we can. And then let's go to this one next door and we, you'll see a little bit different floor plan. And, and you know, they, they were standing in it for crying out loud. You didn't have to use a lot of imagination. You just had to, had to show them what, what there was and talk about the construction quality and talk about uh, the different options they had. You know, you don't like blue carpet in this bedroom? That's okay. You've got six other choices. But they didn't have to have a very vivid imagination. They were standing in it. Now, when I was selling radio advertising... Well, it was a different story. Because I walk in the door dressed very much like I am this morning. And I'm telling the owner of the, the tire store or the place that sells, you know, RVs and personal watercraft or whatever the product might have been for their business. And I'm telling them how we can get the message out. And boy, the newspaper people... I've always thought, thought they had a leg up. Because they said, hey, we can get you an ad this size. Okay? I couldn't do that. So I had to be creative in how I presented that. And why is that, church? Because what is seen is so much easier for us than that which is unseen. I don't know how many times I've said it. I don't know how many times I will say it. But it's the spiritual. That which is unseen. It's the spiritual. And that's what some of us really wrestle with. Because we go about our daily lives and, and there's our physical body. And there are days that it might feel like it's starting to betray us. Some of you said, oh, preacher, that, that ship sailed a long time ago. And so I get that. As the saying goes, it, it, you got to be tough to get old. And so, and so there are days when just getting out of bed can be a little bit of a challenge. And, and then there's the idea that, well, I've, I've got things to do. I've got this list of items, whether I keep it on my phone or whether I keep it on a physical list on my desk, but there are things that we have to do. And those aren't things that are unseen. I'm looking at that list. I'm doing those things. I'm marking them off every day. Scratching those things off that list. And it's so easy to get consumed with the physical with the things that are seen. So the challenge for us is to be people who say, I'm going to do this stuff, but I realize this is not what's most important. What's most important is that which is unseen. What's most important is a God who is alive, a God who is present with us each and every day, a God who holds the power
power of the entire universe in the palm of his hand. And being able to address him, communicate with him, share our visions with him, ask him to give us the visions that he has for us. And each and every day, Paul says, we're wasting away. We're like those fragile clay pots. Some of us got holes in them. Some of them's faded. Some of them's cracked. And then, and, and some of them, boy, you, you drop them. And they can be fragile. But God says, it's not that clay pot that matters. It's the contents. Because we carry around with us every day the death of Jesus. And because He is alive, we know that we too are alive. Paul is saying, this is no lose here. This is as win-win as it gets. Because when we focus on that which is eternal, on that which is unseen, it allows us to know that that which is hurting me, that which is bringing me down, that really has no power over me. There are times in this life we're going to hurt because that's what a fallen world brings us. Even as children of God, a fallen world brings us pain and suffering. But the pain and suffering doesn't have to keep us from moving forward. Because if we're children of light, and we know that we serve a God who is alive, if we know that we have a Savior who conquered death, and therefore on our behalf conquered death, then we can embrace the suffering of this world and say, it's okay. Because I'm fixing my gaze on that which is eternal. And this suffering is only temporary. Because there's our Savior holding out the nail-scarred hand and saying, here I am. I am right here. I am right here at the right hand of the Father. And I walked out of that tomb so that you never have to fear death ever again. It is merely a portal. It is merely a passing. And so in the meantime, if we truly fix our hearts and our gaze on that which is eternal, then we can embrace the suffering of this world. We can minister to one another in their moments of suffering. It gives us the ability, if we embrace it, to be strong for other people. And when we do that, what do they see in us? Do they see the clay pot? No, they do not. In those moments where we minister to other people, when we show them the love of Jesus, in those moments, 
they see the treasure that is within. Church family, it's a fallen world. And even though we're wasting away each and every day, we can embrace that. We can be people who say, it's not about my physical vessel. It's not about me. It's about the amazing treasure that God has seen fit to place within inside of me upon the moment of my baptism. That church family, that's the treasure. We're simply the luggage that hauls it around. We're not the main event. The treasure that is within us is what it's all about. Let's live our lives each day thinking about that. If you are with us today and you have not yet put on Christ in baptism, we offer you the opportunity to do that. We sing a song and we stand so that you have the opportunity to respond to the invitation. There's a fly in here, sorry. It's the devil disrupting the invitation. (laughs) And if you have something that's weighing on you, because after all, it is a fallen world, then we invite you to come and let us pray with you over that concern. Let's stand together and sing.